So I just want to talk briefly about finding and nurturing relationships. Finding and nurturing relationships. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Proverbs 18.24. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18.24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So if you're going to have friends, you must what? Be friendly. And then he says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So there are levels to this thing. Tell your neighbor there are levels. How many people want to go into deeper levels in their friendship? Some people are not sure. Ah, you don't want relationship. You know, when we say relationship, people just, their mind just goes to, you know, as in the relationship. But you see, life is about relationships. Like we said from the, you know, when we started this month, and we said with our relationship with God. And I think um, Mr. Lulu shared about um, relationship with ourselves, right? That we must be able to relate with ourselves, we must have the proper, you know, esteem and all of that if we will be able to relate with other people. It's such an essential part of life because people are not things. And you see, we have things in this world. We enjoy things, right? Like our phones, cars. Okay, in science, we are taught that those things are what? Inanimate what? Objects. So which ones are more important? The anima animate objects or the inanimate objects? The cars, the cell phones, and everything were created by what? Human beings. They didn't create themselves. They were created by human beings who were in their, uh, should I say, right minds, right? Maybe if they weren't related with themselves properly, they may not have been able to create what they created. Maybe if they were in a very um, abusive relationship, they wouldn't have been able to have the presence of mind to create the things that we're using today that we so enjoy. I'm just saying that and just to emphasize how important relationships are. And we cannot um, live and we should not live in isolation, right? Nobody is permitted to be lonely, at least not in love assembly. You're not permitted to be lonely. You're not permitted to be in isolation because when you're in isolation, you might be in depression because there's no one to talk to. There's no one to love you. There's no one for you also to love. Now, if you say, some people say that no one loves me. I don't have friends and all of that. Let's go back to that scripture again. Proverbs 18, 24. It says, a man who has friends, and if you read another, other translations, it says, he who will have friends must first himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So you must first be friendly. So if you don't have friends, please check out, are you reaching out to anybody? Hello? I know that there are introverts and there are extroverts, right? And the introvert said... And the extrovert said, <laughs> I'm in that camp. So oftentimes the introverts feel like, mm, look, I'm not an extrovert, so let the extrovert, they're the ones that like to talk and make friends easily and all of that. But God knew what he was doing when he created us differently. Hello? Okay, if you're an introvert, you don't like to talk, but then you should like to listen. How many people are good listeners here? Good. 
Those are the introverts. So if you are good listeners, who will you be listening to? <laughs> Thank you. You said the extrovert. So you, to, to, if you're a good listener, then you must have some good talkers around you. Because you won't just be listening to yourself. So you must find a friend that you will listen to, even if you will not be doing the talking, right? I'm just trying to tell us that we must all be connected. We must not be in isolation. And yes, we all have from time to time times of isolation when we say, okay, you're alone with God. You want to pray. You don't want anybody talking to you. I don't want to talk to anybody, right? Yes. And so we have moments like that, and that is important. And moments when we're sleeping, at least you can't be talking while you're sleeping, <laughs> you know. But so in life, do this journey with other people. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so sometimes you, have a, you can have a friend that is closer to you than even your family member. Right? And that's a blessing. So that person has become what? Family. That's when you hear some people say, oh, it's my sister. she's my sister from another mother. Oh, my brother from another mother. They're just trying to say, hey, we're really, really close. And we may not be blood related. But again, we are related. We have the blood of Jesus that connects us all. Praise God. So I'm encouraging that we should be part of loving and supportive community. And we have one here. I'm not just making a case for love assembly, but it's good to be part of a loving and supportive community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. It says, two people are better off than one. Wow. The NLT says, better off. It didn't even just say better than one. Like, you're better off. Wow. Than one. For they can help each other to succeed. It says, for they have a good reward. What? For their labor. They have a good reward for their labor. So that translation says they can help one another to succeed. And the next verse, verse 10 says, if one person falls, then the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is alone. He has no one to help him up, but we'll all have help in Jesus' name. <laughs> this translation says, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. <laughs> you know, in real trouble. So this is how to get yourself out of trouble. Have a friend. And it's not that difficult. So we said finding what and finding and nurturing what? Relationship. Is there anybody here without a friend? Okay, good. So everybody has a friend, right? And we all have good friends. And so it's important for us to nurture the relationships that we have. It's very important. How do we nurture such relationships? Sometimes our friends annoy us, right? What are some of the annoying things that people do? <laughs> Chew gum loud. That's a good one. And is that enough to write off the relationship? Is that enough to... Cancel the person that said, you're no longer my friend. Go away. And then you start looking for someone else, right? Who does not chew gum loud. And then this other friend, new friend, does what? 
What? She, she said gossip. Um, <laughs> ah, you know, we all have our flaws. We all have our weaknesses, right? So it's important that we nurture our relationships. It's important that we bear with one another. It's important that we understand that even we are not perfect, right? Good. So, you can bear chewing gum, but not chewing gum loud. So, what you do is you tell your friend what you like and what you don't like, right? And you see if they are able to adjust, if they're able to bear with you, if they're able to change. Don't force them to change. You can't force anybody to change. Hello? You can't force anybody to change, so I'm not advocating. But you can let them know, hey, I don't loud chewing gum loud irritates me <laughs> or eating in a loud way <laughs> you know if you have a friend don't withhold communication from them so we're not saying that you should just you know just suck it up and just bear it and just pretend express you know yeah how you feel about it in the nicest way possible right I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we know it. That's that whole chapter. We're not going to read the whole chapter today, but we'll just take a few and maybe next time we'll continue. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Can you imagine? That means with all our achievements, without love, we are what? Nothing. With all our achievements, secular and spiritual, right? You have all knowledge. Well done. Three degrees, first class, all of that, PhD. Okay, but without love, it says we're nothing. And even if you have the gift of prophecy, that's spirituality. I mean, you can prophesy. Look at people, you know the word of the Lord for them. And that's fine. But it says, without love, we are what? Nothing. And it says, even though I bestow my goods to give the poor, feed the poor, that means you're a big giver. You're able ready to give your body to be burned, but you do not have love. It says, it profits me what? Nothing. So now it goes on to say, and this is where I want to go. Love suffers long and is kind. Let's talk about that suffers long. Long suffering. Do you know what that is? Patience times what? Maybe times two times three. Love suffers long. Love is long suffering. It's patient. And it is kind. These are things we need to nurture our relationship. Kindness. Patience is important to nurture the relationship. Because if we do not have that there, we will throw away people like, or change people like we're changing our clothes. Hello? I've outgrown this one. It's tight. You throw it away. But we are to nurture these relationships with these qualities, with the fruit of the spirit, with our heart, 
to be patient to know someone. Okay, so we said you find a friend, you found a friend, but but how do you maintain the relationship? You will find things that irritate you, like chewing gum loud brings um, what embarrassment, maybe um, them not um, maybe grooming themselves well, well, not looking neat or whatever. Um, when you love someone, you will be able to express to them, correct them gently and in love, right? This person might say there's nothing wrong with my chewing gum. It's my mouth. That's how I've always chewed. <laughs> then you, you, and you know why you get such answers? Because you came to the, your friend in a very harsh way, maybe. Stop chewing gum. Don't you know it's, don't you know it's embarrassing? So your friend might want to really also show you, you know, just try and be a bit difficult as well because you came in with a harsh tone. And I'll say, that's how I'm going to treat and that's how I'm going to <laughs> And the friend will say, it's not wrong. And you say, it's wrong. I say, it's not wrong. It's wrong. It's not wrong. She knows it's wrong. He knows it's wrong. But because of the way you came, the Bible says somewhere, a soft answer turns away wrath, turns away anger. A soft answer turns away anger. So I think the tone in which we speak, sometimes that's what we get back. There's a story in the Bible we know about John the Baptist. I won't go there, but when he was in prison, remember he went into prison because he was um, criticizing Herod for Herod's wrongdoing. John the Baptist was a prophet. He was someone that could not stand sin, and he would just give the word of the Lord. And he had been thrown in prison, and uh, of course, later on, he was beheaded because Herodias' daughter asked for the head of John the Baptist. But before then, John the Baptist, who had um, baptized Jesus, right? We know about the episode or that scene at the River Jordan when Jesus came to be baptized. And John the Baptist didn't want to baptize him because he said, you, though I'm older, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, while Jesus was on earth. If you read your Bible very well, you know the background of the story. He was like six months older than Jesus, right? But Jesus was the Messiah, and God had shown him. So he came to the river Jordan to be baptized. And Jesus said, baptize me, John, because you are the one baptizing everybody. You are the man of God on the scene right now. Your ministry is the, you know, is the ministry that is doing well right now. So I've come to you to baptize me. And John said, no, I can't baptize you because you are actually the Messiah. I'm not even worthy to loosen your latchet. And Jesus said, no, you have to do it now. for Let's fulfill all righteousness, you know, and all of that. Now, and the heavens opened and God they heard a voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what well pleased. So G G um, John the Baptist knew Jesus very well. He was not, I mean, he knew this was the anointed one, the Messiah, the one God had spoken about before, and all of that. But when John the Baptist was in prison, his disciples came to visit him. John the Baptist's disciples came to visit him. And John said to them, go and ask Jesus if he is the Messiah. <laughs> you know, 
because he was bitter. He was probably sad that Jesus had not what? Visited him. Do you understand? So the disciples went to Jesus. They too, they went with, are they supposed to even go with that kind of, <laughs> you can already see that there's some, some tension with your master, John the Baptist. You can see there's some tension. Instead of you to pacify him and say, oh, I'm sure he'll, you know, he's the Messiah. Once we there when you said he was the Messiah? Calm down, boss, you know, you'll be fine. They too, they went with that kind of cynical question. And they came to ask Jesus. Well, where I'm going is that Jesus also replied with a very tough answer. I'm saying that because the kind of question, the attitude at which the question was asked, he also replied. Jesus said, oh, okay, tell him that the blind see, the lame walk, you know, and all of that, and blessed is he who is not offended in me. He couldn't say, ah, but I'm the Messiah. He was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so... But that was because he was already feeling very bad. This was a relationship that was very good, a relationship that was like brothers because they were related, mentor in ministry. John the Baptist was ahead of him, but they were close, but they were each doing their different assignments, right? But one got bitter and the other one was like, okay, fine. I think Jesus was trying to tell him that, you know what? Deal with your situation. <laughs> I'm also going to deal with mine. When I go to the cross, you probably won't be there to save me. But what I'm just trying to bring out from that is that in nurturing our relationships, you know, we are talking about finding and nurturing, but in nurturing our relationships, we should be kind. I know I've been there where I've not been so kind or where I've not been so amazing with my tone, you know, with my best friend, my husband, my better half, or with maybe any other friend, like she's my friend here. <laughs> and there are times we'd be like, you know, argued a bit. And even sometimes with my kids too, you know, sometimes in that shouting mood. But I'm just reminding us and I'm just saying that in nurturing our relationships, the harshness of tone will not help. The shouting and the expression of anger will not help. It will always help if we bring in what? Kindness, right? Because you are kind, you will correct your friend about chewing gum loudly. Because behind your mind, you see, in nurturing our relationships, we have to nurture ourselves. And we've talked already about our relationship with ourselves. So in dealing with yourself and in growing and nurturing your relationship with yourself, even as you continue to nurture your other relationships, you come to a point where you realize that, or you must realize that it's not about you. It's about the other person being better. So it's not about you being ashamed that this person chews gum loudly. I'll continue to use that example until somebody gives me another, another example. It's about, okay, you look at it. You want to help this person to maybe get over a bad habit or be better. So you have to come in a, in a kind way, in a nice way, right? Because you don't know how long that person has had that habit. You have to understand that it may not be easy to get the person to drop that habit. Meanwhile, you know that habit may not help the person's progress, right? 
But what we do sometimes, we throw the baby and the bathwater out, everything. God, now I'm done with you. No, we don't have to be so done so quickly. And for the friend that is a big gossip, <laughs> also can be encouraged and spoken to. And when you come to such a person, you don't come with a holier attitude. Because your friend will tell you, that, okay, mine is gossip. How about yours? Is a what? Lying. The other day you told a lie. Child of God, which one is better? <laughs> gossip or lying? <laughs> he said, no. But this person wants to prove that the gossip is still better than the lie. At least the gossip is true. It's just that, yeah, I'm, I'm telling people I'm not meant to be, you know. So again, you can go on and on, back and forth. But at the end of the day, what do we want to achieve? If you're friends with someone, if you're in a relationship with someone, I believe that we're supposed to be in each other's lives to make each other better. Not to prove that you are better. Not to prove that you don't chew gum. So your friend will say, okay, mister, no chewing gum. So yeah, how good are you? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Then that friend is going to look for something that you also have that is maybe a kind of a bad habit and try. But there's no point trying to bring out each other's faults. To what end? Is this a game? I've scored one point. I have scored a point. We are here to make one another what? Better. And if we help one another to be better, then the world will be better. The world will enjoy you. The world will enjoy you better. And when people say, oh, how come you're so whatever, you know how to do this, you, you know, you speak so well and everything. You'll be able to say, oh, you know, um, Pastor Nick is my friend and she's been teaching me a lot of things and she's been correcting me on a lot of things, you know, and all of that. Or you just say, oh, there's this my friend that keeps correcting me or keeps, you know, she's so good with the word. And, so in a way, that person has helped you to be a better person to other people, to be a better person to the world. Do we understand? And I think that's how relationships work. If children go to school to learn, they should come home better. And the parents should thank the teacher. My child is actually better, not just in the school work, but even in her being courteous and all that. And even at home too, the parent is working on the child to be better. And the teacher is saying, wow, not only does she know his math, her maths, or not only does he know his math so well, he's always so courteous. Do you understand? And that teacher is now enjoying that child, but you have put in the work. So relationships impact other relationships. Do you understand? And so that's how I, you know, that's what I want us to get, uh, the mentality I want us to understand today that we should be patient, we should be kind with one another. And that's what 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 says. Love suffers long. You correct the person, they don't listen, doesn't mean you throw them away. Be patient. Be patient. People don't change overnight. And two, you can't even change anybody. They can only change themselves or allow God to change them. So we have to be patient and we have to do it with kindness. And then it also says, love does not envy. It's in the same verse 4. So we're going to just do verse 4 today and that will be it. But in that same verse it says, love does not envy. And it does not parade itself. Hmm. Love does not envy. That's a very heavy word. Envy. What is envy? 
Being jealous. What is being jealous? Unhealthy competition. Unhealthy one. Okay. You wish to have what belongs to somebody else. Yeah. That's being covetous. You want to have what they have. And in the process, you are not, how do I mean, it's doing something to you or to that relationship, right? Because um, maybe you can want someone, not what the person has in particular, but it can be a, can it be like an example? Yes. So your neighbor just bought a car. Jealousy is you want a new car as well, or you want that kind of car, or you, you just find out that you're not happy. That's jealousy. If you can't be happy for them, then you're jealous. So it's different from like, ah, goals. I'm, I'm also believing for this. It's on my bucket list. I'm working towards it. Oh, wow, I'm happy for you. You got yours, you know. Maybe I'll get my next year. I'm working towards it. Hey, you know, and you're happy to, you know, celebrate with them. Also, oh, where did you buy the? Okay, when I'm ready. I'll let you know when I, you know, I'm ready to get mine as well. But if you're unhappy, that's jealousy. That's envy. So when that unhappiness, when you feel that unhappiness in your heart, then you have to do something about it. Somebody else may not notice, but you will know that feeling. And you say, why am I sad? <laughs> You're just sad. This person is rejoicing. You have to deal with it. You have to go and say, hey, I'm not mature yet. I'm not there. And that's why we say even on social media, you know, on social media, we all post good stuff, right? And it's okay. It's good. I'm not here to judge social media. I like social media because you can use it for so many advantageous things, so many positive things. So we don't have to look at the negative side. But if you find out that you cannot even handle, you go to social media all the time, say like Instagram, because Instagram is there, Facebook is there, but you know, Instagram is the most um, visual. Twitter is all serious stuff, right? They just tweet a few sentences, no. But Instagram is like photos, photos, photos. And for me, photos inspire me. They inspire me, really. I, I'm inspired. Whether I'm following the person or I stumble on it or explore or whatever, it inspires. But some people, if you know you cannot handle, unfollow all these people you are following. Hello. If you can't stand seeing their Gucci bag every day and their Gucci belts, why are you following them? Unfollow and go and grow until you can handle on the point you can see this and like it and say, hey, this is great. This is, you know, I'm happy for her. I'm not there yet. I'm happy for her. Let her wear all the gold. Let her wear all the... And you're genuinely happy. When you're genuinely happy, you see those things and you see it as possibilities. You see someone in the house with a swimming pool and it's like, yeah, girls, my new house. Da, da, da. If you're sad, <laughs> just, if I just remove... <laughs> Like my friend here, she, <laughs> from time to time, will remove herself from uh, Instagram. That sometimes you have to do that to deal with yourself. But it's not to be angry with them because they're doing their own thing. It's a free world. People can post anything. But you, what are you able to ha handle? If it makes you angry, if it makes you sad, if it makes you jealous, unfollow. If I close the app and grow, Mature, 
work on the word. Let the word of God work on you to the point where you can genuinely say, oh, I'm so happy for her. Amen. Goals. In fact, this is giving me a vision of what is possible. Don't look at it and say thieves. Not everybody stole money to get what they are. <laughs> how do you know who was a thief who stole to get it? You don't know unless you want to investigate. And how do you have that time? Then you have the time. Then there's something seriously wrong. Because you have not finished managing your life. You're managing somebody else. I'm just saying these are just unhealthy habits that get us nowhere. We have to come to a point where we're genuinely happy for people where we are kind, where we do not envy. So it doesn't mean you should beat yourself down if you feel envious sometimes. You know, you may not have felt envious in a long time, but something else happens, and you suddenly feel, you may be, oh my God, that means this, I'm, I'm not working in perfect love. Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. You'll be honest with yourself, you'll be honest with the Holy Spirit, and you heal from that and move on. So it says love does not parade itself. You see, that's it also. It doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up. That means it doesn't boast. That's what it means. It's not puffed up. It's not prideful. It's not prideful. It's not puffed up to boast. See all I have. See all I have. I'm the only one. I'm the whatever, whatever. You have to ask uh, one king called Nebuchadnezzar about things like that. And he was doing all that. God humbled him and sent him to the University of Animals. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So we have to relate with people with understanding, with kindness, and get to know where they are, where they're at, and how we can help, how we can correct, how we can improve. And I think that best of friends would always, maybe from time to time, do this. And if you haven't done that before with your friend or a friendship you want to nurture or grow you need to from time to time ask what am i doing that you don't like or can you show me some of my faults now you are asking for it so be ready because <laughs> i think we don't probably do that enough because we're always like correcting randomly so you correct your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse or, you know, you, you just correct. Or you're always doing this, you're always doing that. No. If you do that all the time, then there must be times where you must ask that friend, roommate or whatever, could be roommate in college or whatever, and say, hey, can you tell me one or two things that you notice about me that are not so good? If you can't stand to hear it, send a text. I'll let the person <laughs> And really, if you know yourself, tell me, can you tell me two or three traits that you notice in me that are irritating or not so good? Because we have blind spots. We sometimes don't know. And then you can say, can you also give me, you know, one or two positive things that you see I'm really good in? It's good to ask that so that you use that to balance it <laughs> and not fight and say, no, that is not. And then a friend will say, but you asked me for it. <laughs> but for me, this is what I call healthy relationship. It's healthy. And it's not until you're about to marry the person that you start asking honest questions like that. It could just even be a relationship that is not about marriage, that is not about, but you just want honest feedback. But please prepare yourself and don't get angry. <laughs> you must be able to handle it because if the person says something about you and you feel you don't, don't argue because that person is seeing it. You are not seeing it. You see? 
And if it's not right, if you think it's not right, then throw it away, okay? Don't let it cause a fight. And um, the master said, oh, so this is what you've already thought about me. This is what you've already... And he said, but you asked me for <laughs> Honesty is very good. You must be able to be open for honest feedback. That's it, honest feedback. And we also should give honest feedback. Don't be a deceiver to anybody that is your friend. Don't be a deceiver. If I say, hey, how does my hair look? You say, oh, it's really nice. It's really... Meanwhile, you're feeling like, hmm, this hairstyle. <laughs> Why not humbly and kindly say, like, hmm, uh, I think it's a little weird. Well, that's my own. I don't know about other people. Or send a text. And that's where you can say, okay, well, I feel it's not so nice, but other people might feel. That way you are not saying absolute. That is just a total washout. Because somebody else may feel it's fantastic. Well, my own opinion, since you asked, I feel like maybe another style will fit you, fit you better. And that way, we're helping one another for what? Free. Yeah? Free of charge. Free of charge. These are what some people sometimes pay for with coaches and all of that. But you can get it free of charge from your friend, from your community. This is a community, and I think as we grow together, we can feel safe with one another, right? We can continue to feel safe, open, you know, share testimonies, ask questions without people saying, ah. I remember the other day, who was it that asked, said the guy, everybody was like, ah. And we're like, wow, that was good that he was so vulnerable, you know? But some people are already like, ah. No, I remember you said nil, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You made fun of it, but it's okay. We understand. We understand. So that's how we can grow together. And that's how you can grow with your friend. You're, you can grow with your friend, become best friends. Not that you don't have differences, but you are open. You are real enough with each other. And you can bring that also into, uh, you know, marital relationships, lifelong relationships, covenant relationships. And we are the better for it. So how many people are able to shuffle, ready to sharpen one another, to help one another, to help their friends too? Maybe there's someone here that's thinking that, okay, I know I've not been totally honest with my roommate or my best friend. She's not here, but when I get back, I'm going to try and be, you know, like we said, kindly, not in a very harsh way, like Miss Know-It-All or Mr. Know-It-All. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We will have and find and we will nurture the right relationships for our lives. And it will lead to better things, greater things for us all in Jesus' name. Because he said, two are better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one because they have. They help one another to succeed. So I see us all succeeding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a great week. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, because we just want to ask that you help us with our relationships. Help us, help us, Father, to be kind, to be honest, um, to give honest feedback, to also be able to receive um, gently when we are corrected and not get angry. Help us, Lord, to nurture our relationship with you and with our friends and with one another in Jesus' name. Help marriages, Father, here to be strong, oh God. And even marriages that would happen in future, for as many of our singles here, Father God, help them and help us all to be better, to nurture ourselves and to nurture one another in Jesus' name.
Amen.